0: Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Chris, Podcast 58, and I am COVID negative. Nice. We're both finally uh we're I both am, finally keeled up. Here. I am
1: on the mend. And by the time right. they hear this podcast, we will already have been to the Great American Outdoor Show. And hopefully yep. we don't drag any crud home with us.
0: Yeah. Reinfection. We have several people willing wanting to uh to meet up with us here. And uh this today we're recording this on Wednesday. Nice. the thirty-first, and we will be at the show on the third, which is this Saturday. So by the time this airs like you said, we'll already have been at the show. Yeah. hopefully so,
1: we, uh, we can, uh, shoot a couple videos there. Maybe
0: I plan on it. Yeah. I'm bringing my camera, um, backpack full of food and some goodies and some coffee for me and you. You want some coffee?
1: No, I will have <laughs> hot chocolate in my thermos.
0: No coffee for Chris. Yeah. No. He'll be sitting in the great American outdoor sh- outdoor show toilet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe oh you will be but um anyway enough toilet talk and covid talk um toilet we're talk. gonna jump right into it today uh. podcast 58 we're feeling good and it's all about deer betting and i want to share we're going to share a couple of different scenarios here chris is going to share some betting instances that he has in his neck of the woods which is in what would you basically what central pa basically. I call it central PA, but it's probably, it's
1: probably Northwest.
0: (laughs) Okay. So Northwest PA. Yeah. And then I'm going to share my experiences with betting in the, uh, Eastern part of Maryland. Um, and then we're also going to talk a little bit about creating it on private land. Should you, should you not? And we'll give some different scenarios and stuff, but, and I also want to share a story on my latest consulting trip because that's kind of where this topic had came up and I figured we should touch on it um so I'll share my story here with this recent consulting trip because it's interesting um I think I consulted on the world's smallest (laughs) private land and it was three and a half acres in Ohio and super nice guy him and his father I think they listened to this podcast I'm not going to name names and stuff but he knows who he is. Super nice people. Um, they they got this land from their from his grandmother, and she had left it to him. But there's a, it's just basically a three and a half acre piece of woods, long and narrow. The fields and everything his grandmother owns, but they, I guess, when she passes, that the fields are left to a farmer, I guess, and then he is only left the three and a half acres of woods that's it really the
1: farmer's gonna own it
0: i think somebody it's i I can't understand i don't i didn't fully understand the whole thing but yes he only gets the woods and then a farmer possibly gets all the fields and it's a lot of field it's a lot of ag that they get
1: okay now
0: where this property sits is you like it's off the main road probably 400 yards Off the main road. And it's just a strip of woods. Mm -hmm. Then there's another strip in the back that goes. It's kind of shaped like an L. Okay. Now. There's nothing around. (laughs) Like. If you looked out through the fields. You're talking. A half a mile to a mile. In each direction. Before you start getting to more woods. (laughs) But. This guy. Has monster bucks. On camera. In his woods. Monster bucks. The problem is majority of them is at nighttime, which makes sense. Yeah. During the summer when the ag is in, he gets tons of daylight pictures. But once the ag is cut, they kind of diminish and they go nocturnal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, They're basically using it for like a staging area to get into the the ag. Yeah,
0: most likely. Gotcha. So he had contacted me over a month ago and wanted to set this up. And I was hesitant because it's so small. So I I informed him like, hey, like, you know, it's really small. Like this is a weird kind of a weird setup, but, you know, you do have good bucks on camera. So I'm willing to help you out. So anyway, we set a date up and I went out there. And super nice people, him and his father, they walked the property with me and we set it up. Now, I didn't necessarily want to make betting, but we did a little bit. And the reason we did that was because people, like you said before this podcast, people talk about buck betting. I didn't really necessarily want bucks betting there. I wanted just betting in general for does because basically the way I set it up and the way he has to hunt it is I did put in a food plot, some nice travel corridor running long ways with the property and then betting in the back. And he's going to plant some uh, seedlings, like uh, some some spruce trees and stuff in the backside, just to kind of thicken it up a little bit and add a little bit more cover in there. Food plot on the opposite end, travel corridor through the middle with a water hole in the middle. He can access all this stuff, and that water hole will become active during the rut because the bucks are running around, get thirsty, and and that's when he sees most of his action is in the rut because those bucks cross the street from this huge chunk of woods. They cross the street and they come into his woods and they're in there. They're looking for, looking for does. Mm. So basically the way I set it up for him is to have some cell cams in there. He needs food. So he's planning about a quarter acre food plot in a, in, in, in a domain blend, one that's going to sustain long, the long season. And those bucks, the whole idea was to stay out of the woods. I changed, tried to change his whole mindset. On how to hunt this little piece because he was going in there constantly. Mm. And on a small property like that, like you can't do that. So we went over everything from A to Z with him. And now they're super excited to implement all this stuff in there. But again, like his specific setup did require a little betting because these deer are coming from a half mile to a mile away with no other woods around. And we want to doze the bed in there to have the bucks coming in there during the rut to check it out. Hmm. And that will happen because now he has food. He'll have a water hole. He'll have a couple mock scrapes in there. He'll have the tree stands are on the edges. He can get right to them, sneak in. He'll have a, a hay bale blind tucked up in the woods for his grandfather. I think he said he had a, a daughter that was coming up young. She, she was going to start hunting. So he'll have a nice setup. And I told him, let the cameras do the work for him. Don't, and I always say this to everybody, all the clients I, I go to, don't hunt because you want to. Hunt because it makes sense. Don't go, don't, you can't just go in there just to hunt for the heck of it. Like go in there for a purpose, with a reason, knowing that you have a buck that's daylighting, like in a pattern of a couple days. Because if you constantly go in there, you're just three and a half acres, man. You can see right through the other side. You're just going to bump deer every single time. Mm-hmm. So when you get a pattern of something traveling back and forth between this bedding area and the food plot, set up, go kill it. So that's a scenario with bedding where we don't want to create that whole three and a half acres in the bedding because then how do you get around it? So we put bedding on the one end and we just want does to bed there and will bucks bed there, maybe, but you know, we wanted a doe bedding area. So that's just a uh, an interesting setup where he had that he has, and I'm excited, man, because he had huge bucks on camera. Like, I mean, it's Ohio, so like there's big bucks, and it's isolated from all hunting pressure. I mean, nobody's nobody's going to be there. Um, so it's a cool setup. Yeah, it's like an
1: island in the ocean, huh? <laughs> exactly, pretty much. So, yeah. so, but like you said, though, to reiterate, there was ag fields all around. Everywhere. And that'll be gone by the time hunting season comes. Mm-hmm. So with you adding some food in there, surely he will get some does that'll bed
0: somewhere around there. Exactly, you know? And that's what we wanted to basically, it's basically probably going to be a rut spot, essentially. Yeah. But he could, you know, if he's getting daylight light pictures of bucks in the early season, I said, go for it. As long as you have good winds and stuff, but be mm-hmm. precise but um, to see what see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, don't beat um, it up.
0: No, definitely don't beat it up. Um, I think it'll have a good success. He's he's pumped about it. Already sent them the plan. Um, he already wrote back the email, and he's excited. They're gonna they're gonna get on it right away. Mm. So I'm excited for him, and uh, we'll keep everybody updated on that one. There you go. So now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. um, let's describe betting. On, let's 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 describe the differences between your betting areas in northwest Pennsylvania mm-hmm. and the betting areas that I find in the eastern part of Maryland. And then once we describe that, let's describe how we can make betting on private land. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and describe in the mountains of Pennsylvania on public land where the deer are betting? What do okay. they use? What are they betting around? is it high low is it in pines is it in cedars is it in your favorite word of rhododendron um, <laughs> give us some info on on northwest pennsylvania bedding publicly well,
1: i had a, i had taken a scouting trip yesterday just to yeah. look at a new piece yes, property i have been wanting to to go survey it out for a long time and um it was basically a big bowl that goes down into this valley and there's a there's a creek that runs down in through there and the whole bottom is full of rhododendron and laurel mostly mountain laurel though don't get your rhododendron all hyped up here i'm all i'm excited (laughs) because i even had my app out and i was taking pictures and it, it was laurel so there's gonna be obviously there's gonna be a lot of nooks down in there where they're going to be bedded
0: mm-hmm. um, well, let, me, let me cut you off real quick Kay. that buck you have behind you oh. behind you on the wall yeah now just so people understand here this isn't just something that's made up like you're finding these bucks on these yeah. public land and they're betting and you're catching them back and forth on these ridges and stuff yeah and you've killed three big bucks on these mountains so far yeah in the yeah. past like 4 years. Right, right. Yeah, so you have a trend here that that you have found the bedding, you have found the good area, the ridgetops tops mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's, it's not something that's being made up here like you're legitimately finding. No, no
1: this I'm I'm actually sharing some real information yeah, so here.
0: so I just wanted to put the bird so out there. <laughs> yeah, listen up.
1: <laughs> so so yeah, I I tend in what's working for me anyhow. I don't know about your areas, you know, yeah. people listening. But what's working for me is I concentrate on low lying areas, the big elevation changes, let's say. And I like, I like to be using the benches and I get on top of these benches and the deer are usually bedded lower. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's, it's usually Laurel below me. Or thick pine of some sort.
0: So you're saying there, it's you got a hill, a ridge, a a hill that comes down, then you got a bench, Mm -hmm. and then the deer are betting on that bench.
1: No, they're 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 betting in the very bottoms. Okay. And I'm up on top on the bench. Okay. And and what they do is they and I'm I'm primarily an evening hunter. Because I have a real job and don't, <laughs> I can't be out in the mornings, you know. And Saturdays I can get out, but a lot of times Saturdays are my exploring days. I'll go out Sunday,
0: and Sunday try hunting, try. PA, Sunday hunting, PA.
1: Yeah, I wish we had some, but so yeah, Saturdays are the days I basically go out blind some places right. sometimes and just try a new spot here and there. But I'm primarily an evening hunter. So I, I use I that elevation change. They usually bed below me in the thick stuff. Um, and I get on top on a bench and they usually work their way up the benches. And what's at the top of the hills normally? Okay, sunlight. So you get sunlight. So that's where primarily you find all your good oak and beech trees and things that are on top. They're getting the, you know, the crowns of those trees are getting the good sunlight. So now that's this, where the
0: majority of the mast is. This hillside where you, primarily, I guess, they're betting, is it north or south facing?
1: Um, That would be. Got me thinking now.
0: Got your brain the one, working.
1: The one area. Well, definitely the one I, I visited yesterday would be south, south facing. Now, the other one where I shot that buck at mm-hmm. that would be sort of easterly actually
0: okay and they're and, betting down low and they're they working their way up the top. their way
1: up to the top and they're headed for uh Oak Flats mm-hmm. and because that's it's primarily rural. that's primarily what I look for I look for benches that lead down over a hillside and the bench I want to be between the hillside and the food, so I I try to look for something that has two benches, like two steps, mm-hmm. and I get down on the first step, and the next step is down over. Right. So they come up over, hit the bench I'm on one, and usually they they slow down and sur- you know survey their surroundings before they head up to the next bench for the food.
0: Now, when so it I'm, drops down. Are they coming, are they coming straight up or are they working around like a bowl, like a, a a lot of the times,
1: a lot of the times they're, they're coming up pretty much straight, you know, um, of course they follow paths of least resistance, Mm -hmm. you know, but primarily coming, coming straight up over, you know, got um, Now, this one that I looked at yesterday, that might, they might come around the rim of the bowl Mm. on this one, but I'll figure that out. I don't, I, you know, I only spent two hours in there yesterday.
0: And that's a big wood setting, no ag? No,
1: no ag. It's beside a highway. um, And there's like 4,000 acres behind it, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of room to wiggle back in there for sure. I'm just, I'm just scratching the tip of the iceberg here where I went in and looked around yesterday. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I probably didn't even go a quarter mile into the woods. You know, there was just so much to look at and uh, survey and look down. You know, I want to, I want to, I'll probably tomorrow go back out there and I'm going to head down into that bottom and see what all is down in there because I know there's people that are uh push that out in bear season. So I I'm, I may be able to do some early season bear hunting in there too mm-hmm. with the muzzle loader or something. Mm-hmm. Because right, the now, place is loaded with the regen of uh, beech trees coming.
0: Well yeah, I remember so, you sending me a picture yesterday. Yeah. Um now you said where these bucks are betting on the lower down all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. You said there's like what are they betting in and around? They're betting on the flat parts, and then they're betting in rhododendron, so, cedars, pines.
1: Well, primarily you get down in there, and they have the seclusion of the of the rhododendron, um, but um, a lot of times you'll find a bed underneath some pine trees or something, mm-hmm. low low hanging. Br- uh, thermal cover basically, because mm. of the type of terrain and the weather we're in yeah. right now, the pattern we're in. Now well, you come, remember the come summertime, I... they'll just lay it yeah. on wherever they want.
0: But right. Right well, now, they're
1: seeking the... that thermal cover.
0: Yeah, you remember the picture I sent you a couple weeks ago on a one property where it was snow yeah. and it was it was raked out underneath of a overhanging uh, yes. cedar branch. Yes. And that's where the deer were bedded up underneath of.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And they were just looking for cover, you know, cover from them and all that. And that's,
1: that's basically what they're doing right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. They, they look for a place to keep their back dry, you know. Um, But yeah, I, I found a lot of low hanging limbs on pines yesterday with beds all tucked up underneath them. Actually, Mm -hmm. I was looking for some sheds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was hoping to get lucky, but
0: now where you found those beds yesterday, underneath the branches, was that high or low?
1: Those ones were actually on flat land. Believe
0: it or not. Okay. Up high. Okay.
1: Yeah, they were up high, up on the flat. Um, but those were just those are probably nighttime spots where they just laid down, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because it's pretty much out in a wide open. You know, so I'm not thinking it was prime time. You know, daylight spots because they would be pretty easy to be pegged right there in that area. Picked off. Yeah, so I'm 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 guessing those were nighttime spots. But you know, when the pressure when the pressure's on, you know, you're talking archery season or gun season.
0: You know, yeah, they go somewhere. Else. I, I'm gonna
1: have I'm gonna have to go down deep somewhere. You know, right and, and move them probably get on
0: the edge of some thick stuff or something yeah
1: yeah but yeah primarily i'm i'm looking at it more for early archery season um that area is a d-map area um so there'll there'll be special doe permits that i could probably purchase for that area and that's Mm -hmm. pretty much what i'm i mean of course i i would love to find some big bucks there but um i was just looking for another place to Maybe shoot some does. So I'm just scouting it out, see what it's got. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to answer your question, definitely they seem like they bed low near water and where you get a flat spot down there on the bottom of the bowl. And they seem to tuck up underneath something right now, this time of year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that could all change, like I said, with the weather. Um, they might lay out more in the open in the middle of some rhododendron or something, you know, or say rhododendron three times really fast. I don't want to. So yeah, they work their way up over the ledge. I'm usually there waiting and, uh,
0: and then you draw back and
1: that's how I poked them. Release an arrow. Yeah. We're gone. I mean, I know, I know we make it sound easy, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff I look for.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know, well, let's jump ship here. That's Pennsylvania and the mountains of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Completely different where I'm at. I mean, you, you got to see a little bit of, you know, sick of deer, which is all flat, all yeah. pines and, and flat. But the, the two primarily primary public land spots I hunt is where I'm at. Everything is flat. There's no pinch points. There's no funnels. There's, it's just big, wide open or big timber planted pines. Everything's in rows. And, um, the other public land does have a little ag on it, but it's still very flat. It's some areas are very swampy, but the deer are in the cattails. They, they bed inside of the cattails. And I, I constantly see people on YouTube saying that deer don't bed in cattails. Well, I think if they had an option, they probably wouldn't really choose cattails because, <laughs> I guess, yeah. because it's you know swampy, it's wet, probably a lot of bugs. But when the pressure is on, they go to the cattails because nobody goes in there. All right, I have a video on my channel I posted a few weeks ago on one of the spots I hunt that I'm going to focus in on this year. Last year, I had a cell cam back there. And i didn't get a single picture in the <laughs> summer not one deer picture in the summer as soon as hunting season started i started getting pictures in the cattails okay because makes sense. yep because these cattails the section that i focused on is the furthest spot away from any parking lot or it's far away so a lot of people don't go back i never got a personal camera so i know not many people's back there. Um, but the rest of it is is regular just hardwoods, but then you get into the end of this little strip that goes out into this cove surrounded by water, mm-hmm. all cat all cattails, probably five acres of cattails. Not a single picture in the summertime. Deer season started, and it got more and more and more and more, leading all the way until the end of December. I mean, bucks, doe. I mean, it just picked up as the season went on. Reason being is the hardwoods is getting pressured. They're betting somewhere else in the summer and then the, the, the action starts, hunters get in there. It pushes them into these cattails and they 1000% bet in these cattails. Huh. There's trails going all through there. There's betting, um, I mean, they, people can check out this, the video I have on my channel, like from three weeks ago or so, but four weeks, maybe a month, but 100% cattails. When, when the season starts, the heat is on pressure gets started. They're into cattails. And you don't have none of that where you're at. Not really. Yeah.
1: No, not really.
0: So, and remember when me and you went sick of hunting, you got all that frag and stuff. Yeah. The, they're in there. Remember how they we were coming
1: from. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's sick of deer, but that's where they live. But it's just an yeah. example of if that's what they have and that's what they're used to, they're going to use it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take a deer, like if, for example, if you take you know, good thick hardwoods and bunch of down trees and and stuff and all of a sudden you introduce like cattails magically appear. Like the deer aren't going to go into cattails.
1: There's no need to really yeah. Yeah.
0: They're they're it but it's there and they're used to it. They know that they can go in there because it's safe. All right. So
1: well and you know like you said we'll switch Topics here and go into creating. Well, I don't create bedding because I don't have the property to do that. Right. But because I hunt like ninety percent public, so the one area that I set up on and the one spot is down low near the river. But see, we had a couple micro bursts come through. And when they came through, they knocked down this whole swath of trees and that autom- that was like automatic bedding because mm. it's just a gnarly mess down in there. And then you get all that regrowth because now you've got all this sunshine coming down, you know, it's just gnarly down there. Well, that's the edge that I set up on. And I—that's how I hunt bedding in the Big Woods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the
1: one spot that I go to. Yeah. Just an idea. I mean, yeah. you know, if someone—if well, if they get a wildfire mm-hmm. or a microburst comes through or something, you know, that's going to be a hot spot in the upcoming years.
0: Yep. Well, it's different. <laughs> Excuse me. It's different from area to area. Like we just described two different scenarios. Well, there's going to be. 20 different scenarios this is yeah, just the yeah. two that just, we're that we see where we that we're familiar with now create let's talk about creating betting because when i go to clients properties and stuff a lot of people are hyped up about buck betting they gotta have yeah. betting gotta have betting gotta have betting i'm like slow down Let, let's look at your whole property first before we start talking about this dreaded word that irritates me of buck betting yeah so what it's interesting because like the biggest improvement that somebody can do to their property um is cutting timber. Like that's the biggest thing because you're gonna add structure to the ground, but then you open up the sunlight for for food regrowth. So I remember last year I went to a, a property in Morgantown, West Virginia, and the entire property was pretty much wide open. It's closed canopy, you could see straight through. We went to one part of the woods on um and it was a flat and then it dropped down into this bottom and when we crested this hill and we dropped down into the bottom there was all kinds of dead down like downfalls yeah i mean it looked like a tornado went off mm-hmm. and i told the client i said i guarantee you there's deer bedded right there because that was the only spot that had that kind of structure on the ground sure and as we're standing there talking like 10 deer jumped up from this bottom and took off running. And that was the only spot that we walked on his hundred acres that we jumped deer. Hmm. And I told him, I said, "Why were they there?" And he he didn't understand. I said, "Look what's down there. It's all the structure, the downfalls, the treetops and everything, and that's where the deer bed it." Yep. So and I mean you see that on public land too, hmm. you know, where you find that structure of down trees or whatever it is, that low brush you know, bushes or whatever it is, that's where they're going to bed. And you create that by cutting, you know, cutting timber and, yeah, and artificially getting,
1: you can create that. Sure. Yeah.
0: Getting yep. the, the trees on the ground. So their structure on the ground. And but I, um, I don't really recommend that on every property because it depends how the property is laid out. Right. Like, right. Why would you, like, I see a lot of people say, oh, well, if I have five acres, I'm turning that entire five acres into bedding.
1: Then you can't hunt it.
0: How are you going to hunt it? <laughs> how are you going to get a, how are you going to maneuver around the property? Great. You know what I mean? So it's like, you have to be careful with creating it because you can do it very easily by cutting the timber and, you know, hinge cutting in certain situations. Um, and they will get up in there and bed, but there's ways to do it. But I think it's overused.
1: Because yeah. I mean, that's a big buzzword right now. It
0: is. It really is. It yes, is. Everybody's hyped I, up on it. Yeah.
1: You know, improving property. Yeah. You know. I mean, well, it's this, it's, it's that time of the year. So everybody's hyped. They want to get started.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's I, a good get, practice. I get that.
1: But, you yeah. know, you said something a couple podcasts ago that really should have made sense to people. what I and say? You said... You only get one chance because if you knock down a bunch of trees that either had marketable value or, you know, it was just a dumb idea to do, you've lost those trees and
0: you're waiting 20 years for them to regrow.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just messed up your property. So mm-hmm. think about what you're going to do first before you do it.
0: Yeah. Have a plan. Um, it, it like cutting the timber is like the best thing you could do, but it could also be the worst thing you could do. Because if you don't do it right, or you make it too thick, or, or so, I had a guy message me, that's a couple weeks ago, um, that he went to a property that another consultant went to, and the way the other consultant designed the property was, I think it was like twenty acre, twenty acres, and the consultant that was originally there, told him to clear cut or or select heavy select cut the entire property, the entire piece. And we were talking back and forth on, well, when you, and I actually have a video about that like two years ago I made, but when you select cut 20 acres, say you select cut 20 acres, that entire property is now the same because it's all select cut.
1: Well, not only that, but you're you're opening up the whole property to the point that we're, now you're going to see through the whole property probably.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, when it grows up, what I'm saying is when it grows up, The entire property is now the same. Instead of taking, it'll be a big jungle now. Yep. Instead of taking five acres of that and select cutting it and then leaving another portion of it alone, then you have a difference within that 20 acres because the deer are going to be in the five acres that Uh, you select cut.
1: I always say diversity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be a difference within that property and that allows you to hunt it. When you select cut it, the, the entire 20 acres. How do you hunt it? Because the deer are going to be everywhere. Yeah, they're going to be all over. You're going to end up spooking more deer. Um, in instead of just doing a portion of that portion of eye.
1: Yep, that's and then to say.
0: right, and then be able to hunt the rest. Yeah. So have a plan, guys. When you're when you're cutting, like the biggest improvement you can do is cut. You know, it, it's one of the things that people fear the most of cutting because they want to see the. I mean, you had this kind of too in your head, like you like the trees like you don't want to yeah, cut I them did you know for a long
1: time i mean because i only have so much property and i didn't want to right. cut down all my trees right but as i get older i think i would enjoy having better food plots than a couple of trees that'll still be there after i'm dead right that i didn't make no money on or anything anyhow mm-hmm. yeah you know, and there i thought well I might as well cut some of these trees down. I can use them for firewood. So I'm not out anything, you know, mm-hmm. but I can open up the canopy. I can get light down better, more light down into my food plots and enjoy that more. Cause right. I don't know how many seasons of art, archery I have left.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and what, ha- what happens when you get more sun on food plots and browse, it becomes more palatable. It's good. It's more it's nutritious. Overall, You get more food and that's like, that's like the number one limiting factor when I go places is you can see straight through the woods. Well, and that's there's more no,
1: important to me there's than no betting because yeah. there's enough property around me. They can bet on their property. I don't care. Mm-hmm. As long as well, they're look, coming through to get a bite and yeah. I can look them over and mm-hmm. shoot them if I'd like.
0: Look at the old farm. The old farm we, we worked together on, the Lucky Stand. We had that food plot in the corner. Well, it was only… 50 yards into that woods, like looking out from the lucky stand over to the right was another property. Where did deer come from? They funneled. We didn't, I didn't create bedding. They, the deer, we sucked them out of that woods. We let them bed where they want to bed. We sucked them into that property Yeah, and we saw dozens of deer. I mean, that place was. To be honest,
1: that was over a hundred acres and, we didn't create any bedding areas on that property except for that one little spot. You did some hinging on that back, mm-hmm. and that because was only that was only like a little area of what fifty by fifty or something
0: like that. No, nah, it was it was uh it was total. It was probably about a half acre. Was it that I went? That much? Yeah, yeah, that I went back in there. But okay. the reason that was there, I did that, was because we weren't hunting the back part of that woods. We were hunting around the food plots, so we wanted to draw them deer out of the woods to the food plots. But primarily, we let them bed where they want to bed off the property because nobody was over there. And we drew them out of them bottoms up to the top side in that three acre food. And we, I mean, that just, it it worked perfectly, but the emphasis on bedding is important, but it's over, it's overhyped right now. On on social media. I'm
1: not a huge proponent of it, to be quite honest. It has its places, but I, I don't, I can't use it because I don't have the property to do it.
0: Yeah, I think like a small property, it shouldn't be used that much. When you have a larger property, then you can start cutting acres and acres and then have different habitat features throughout the property where you select cut a portion of it and then. You maybe uh, clear cut a portion of it and then leave another portion alone and then have trails going back forth with bed and, just like, and food plots. There's a lot you can do, but you have to have a plan and you have to be careful um, with all of it, basically. Yeah. So just be careful with it, guys. Um, cutting the timber is the best thing you could probably do for a property, but it can also destroy your property if you don't do it right. Have differences within your private property, don't select cut or don't clear cut the entire thing. Make it different. Make your property have different uh, features throughout. That was all clear as mud. Yep.
1: (laughs) Now we got everybody confused.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean,
1: there has to be a diversity to it.
0: Yeah. You got to have a plan, man. Like you can't just go in there all willy nilly.
1: I mean, if you have a monoculture, like you said, just of all, just, stuff laying down you know you, you where do you know to set up at
0: right there's no uh there's no transitions when you do that Right. you know look what we did that uh uh or well, you weren't you weren't there for that but yeah i mean it's just you got to have differences within the property and to make it different from your neighbors you, you got to yeah. be careful with it and have a strategic uh strategic plan yeah. so for sure any questions guys, let us know that wraps up podcast 38 private land betting, 58, 58, um, private land betting in two different States, what the difference is there and then private, uh, or public land, sorry. And then private land betting, how to create it, what to look for and what not to do. Um, yeah. hopefully that answers a lot of questions that people may have. And, um, yeah, I'm pumped up for the Harrisburg show.
1: Woo. Hmm. I hope we just don't get sick. Nah, it'll be all right. Okay, guys, we'll see you on 59.
0: Yes, we you. will. Later.